and welcome to this edition of Spotlight. My name is Chelsea. And I'm Rogan. If this is your first time checking out Spotlight, this is an offshoot of the Prognos podcast, where we chat with some incredible artists and musicians in the progressive rock scene. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you to all the Prognos patrons for helping these episodes happen. Check out what the benefits are of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash prognotes. Today's guest is Alex from Voronoi, here to talk about his most recent release, The Last Three Seconds. We're so glad to have you on. Why don't you tell us a little about about yourself, Alex? Uh, hi, yeah, my name's Alex. I'm a keyboard player uh, based in the UK. Uh, I play with uh, the progressive rock band Voronoi over here, um, as well as doing a few things on the side as well, but Voronoi is my main project. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, really. That's all I do. Um, sorry, can you explain to the audience what Voronoi means and how you came to use that name for your group? Um, so we... Um, <laughs> We're a little bit, yeah, we're a little bit dim, really, because, uh, sorry, it's a an open statement. Um, so uh, our drummer's girlfriend is an architect, and she is way smarter than all of us, and kind of, we were looking for a new name for the project, uh, for, for some reasons I might go into later, but... Um, uh, but she basically she was using these uh, things for her for her work called Voronoi diagrams, and us being the simpletons that we are, we were just like that sounds like a cool word. Yes, use that. <laughs> and, then we went with that. <laughs> and then later found out that it's actually like um, you know that he was a mathematician, and they're like really like um, they're really cool looking like mathematical diagrams. So it kind of like fit with the um, with the kind of sentiments of the music as well. I was actually wondering about that because I, when I looked up Voronoi, I saw that he was a mathematician and then I noticed that you guys do like math rock, kind mm-hmm. of. And I was wondering if you had the math rock first and then the name came from that and you were like, 500 IQ, big brain meme moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, so funny no, that... I wish it was that way around, but unfortunately we're, we're too smooth brain for that. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all... Just thought it sounded cool. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, your music seems very piano-driven, yet maintains a lot of elements that describe that math rock sort of feel. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what some of the influences behind this project are. And uh, you almost remind me of like if Tigran Hamasean got his hands on like a distortion pedal. <laughs> <laughs> If I can explain it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of got... Um, so, like, a, a lot of the music that I, I really enjoy, uh, like, growing up as a teenager, I was into um, bands like Tool, Opeth, Meshuggah, like, you know, like a lot of the grittier kind of prog bands around. Uh, Dillinger Escape Plan as well. Um, got into Car Bomb like later on as well quite a bit um and like bands like iron dissonance and i was just kind of like i really suck at guitar uh and i was <laughs> i was really like i was really frustrated with not being able to play that kind of music uh so i just kind of thought fuck it let's play it on piano um and let's put a distortion <laughs> pedal uh let's put piano through a distortion pedal and just see what happens and that's kind of that's kind of how it arose really it's um yeah yeah, just out of like frustration, really. I I love that a similar thing happened to me. I was like, I ca- I cannot possibly play this stuff on guitar or bass, and I started learning piano. So mm-hmm. relatable. <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, pleasantly surprised with like um 
with like a lot of mixing engineers we've had is like timbrely like piano isn't too different to guitar because i mean at the end of the day like you're, you're just hammering a string instead of plucking a string um so it it kind of it yeah, works it, it really works it's a really distinctive sound like piano going through distortion it's kind of yeah. got its own thing. um but i i really like it i use it all the time so yeah i really like it too it, it sounds really good in your album so at the beginning, you had mentioned that there's other people in this group, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about who they are and their background, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the two other members of the band, are Sam and Tom, and we've been uh, friends and playing together in music college since like 2010. Jesus Christ, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah we we met at music college just kind of started playing um we started playing like kind of jazz like kind of more contemporary contemporary jazz tunes that i wrote that kind of like um uh influenced by bands like phrenesis and and um that kind of like british scene kind of thing um and we started playing like a lot of that stuff and then it just started getting heavier and heavier um those guys playing other projects as well like Sam's got his project Wandering Monsters uh Wandering Monster um like a jazz outfit in the UK Tom plays in like a pop band called Koyo Koyo as well um they, we've all just got like I mean over the last like seven years since we graduated from music college we've all just been kind of like making a making a living on just gigs um so uh we we're all just about like all the time and those guys are great players and like have uh, a lot of strings to their bow and can play a lot of different types of music uh, really, really well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, uh, um, they're both, I mean, yeah, about them as people, like, they're just both super chill, like, really, really easy to work with. Um, I suppose there's a reason we've been in a band for this long together. Um, yeah, 11 years <laughs> is a long time. So if yeah. you were making all your money off of gigs, the pandemic must have hit you guys pretty hard. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think, like, we all had to, like, make money through other means, uh, like, Sam really, like, uh, gave his, like, teaching, uh, a big kick up the arse and, like, kind of, um, did a lot of, like, online tutoring and stuff like that, um, I think, uh, Tom got into, like, uh, deliveries of some sort, I, I became a personal trainer, as a means of making ends meet as well. So we all kind of like diversed into other things, which has actually kind of like been um, helpful coming out the other end of it, because it means that we now have other forms of, you know, making ends meet as, as well as just gigs as well. And now that gigs are starting off again as well, it just kind of means that our lives are a little bit more diverse, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the pandemic was, was hard though. I mean, it was for pretty much everyone. Um, even even if people took mm. positives out of it, like I took a lot of positives out of it, but even then it wasn't to say that it was easy in any way. Um, Do not envy musicians during a global pandemic. It sounds like it's just so difficult. Yeah, you kind of go a bit crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially when you when you're used to gigging like maybe like four or five times a week, and that just suddenly just stops. And yeah, it's a complete lifestyle change sat at home for like a record amount of time um like longer than you've ever done in your life and just you know 
I actually really started to miss like driving on motorways, funnily enough. It was really strange. Um, Did you ever just go for a drive <laughs> for fun? I wasn't allowed. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, oh, no. uh, I could drive like 15 minutes out of town, I guess, but yeah, never really, yeah, never really ventured out that far. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, got driven stir crazy. But um, fortunately, yeah. I lived with three other musicians, so we actually, like, we played together like, quite a lot. Oh, that's good. Oh, awesome. Get your fix. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where did you guys go to college? Uh, we went to college at, uh, well, at the time it was called Leeds College of Music, and now it's called Leeds Conservatoire, so up in Yorkshire, awesome. in England. So, uh, did you, uh, like, specialize in any specific area, or uh, just general music performance? Uh, we we all did the uh, jazz course there, yeah, so we're, we're, we're jazz musicians by, by trade, I guess. Jazz is a great place to start for going right. into Prague. I agree, actually. Yeah, um, I think like a, it, it get like it's very it's very easy to see the classical influence in prog, but um, but actually it's harder to see the jazz influence. But it's definitely all there, um, especially like the attitude mm-hmm. to rhythm. Both kinds of music, I think they're yeah they're very closely linked in that way. Um, but yeah, sorry to to explain where Yorkshire is in in England is is basically on. So you've got kind of, you've got London on the south, uh, southeast, you've got Bristol in the southwest, and you've got Manchester in the northwest, and you've got Leeds in the northeast, if that makes sense. So it's yes. kind of like, <laughs> it's kind it. of, <laughs> Leeds is kind of like exactly halfway <laughs> up the island, pretty much, before you get into Scotland, like, because Scotland's really massive. Um, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, kind, it's kind of like, yeah, like halfway, like literally halfway in the island. That makes sense. I'm glad I have a world map mm-hmm. on my wall yeah. right behind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, able to follow yeah. along. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to edit out this yeah. crappy geography lesson, by the way, as well. <laughs> Just have have a, a a brief geography history lesson in, in yeah, the middle. Why, of. Not? why not? Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see. Uh, you can hear the jazz influence like all throughout this album and. Uh, like yeah. being around uh, jazz musicians myself in in like music school and yeah having an understanding of that classical bass and and where those draws for progressive music come from like it, it's like I can see that but like as a classical musician myself it, a lot of the times you don't really go into the full understanding of like the instrument and the fretboard and and like keys and scales like jazz gets into it. Um, so I can see how like that having that bass rather than a full classical bass would be like it would expand on your options and your create your creative spectrum for for this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I think uh, the two the two genres of music can can really learn a lot from each other. Like the classical composers of like ages ago, like from like the eighteen hundreds. Um, we're all really rela- renowned for their improvisation and their like facility at, at their instruments. Like most of the time, it's piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I, I've heard. I don't know how true it is, but like, uh, J.S. Bach, like, improvised most of the stuff that he wrote for keyboard, and then mm-hmm. he refined it later on. 
which is astounding yes. to me. Um, that's like, and you don't get that a whole lot today in classical music. No, like, and, more and it's focused on like technique and reading and stuff. And then, yeah, which are all great things to do, but like I think it's such a shame that that's kind of like been been lost in classical education. But at the same mm -hmm. time, like I, I don't think anywhere near enough jazz musicians get get as much out of classical music as they could. Um, like especially from like you know old romantic composers like there's so much like harmonically rich stuff there to learn and stuff with like voice leading and voicing and stuff like that that you know you, you'd be, be a bit of an idiot to ignore it so i think um i mean there's a lot that that both genres can learn from each other like um i i mean i only really play classical music on piano now um and i'm just kind of like learning how much i've really missed um over like the past like five years of just like not really playing it that much. So. Um, we had a question here about like the, your your sound on the album, but you already kind of covered that in in terms of the distortion on the piano. Uh, now I'm wondering where you came up with that idea to to put a distortion pedal on that that piano sound and because uh, it, it really it. it it sort of drives your sound. It's the baseline for what I feel your like this album is. So mm -hmm. it, I'd be curious where that came from, how you dreamed that up. Um, just a wacky idea, really. I just kind of like wanted to see what it sounded like. I mean, I tried it before, like just as a sort of like whack job experiment, um, and thought instantly like that sounds garbage but then i just <laughs> something about it just kept drawing me back like i was just kind of like i want to make this sound good how am i going to do that and i went through a bunch i went through a bunch of pedals like notably a ds1 like the original like boss ds1 i got um mm. oh, what's it called it's the electro harmonics like metal pedal i don't know what it was called like yeah anyway that and then I tried um, a metal zone just for the memes, really, uh, just because it's like <laughs> the shittest pen I've ever made. I just kind of wanted that curiosity, just to see what it sounded like. It sounded exactly how I thought it would. It was really bad. And then I arrived at um, uh, a plugin called Guitar Rig, which you might be familiar with. That is um, a Native Inter Instruments plugin. Mm, um, yeah. And I've been using that ever since because, like, you can basically get any distortion sound you want with that. Um, so, and then yeah, just just arrived at that and stuck with that. But yeah, it was just all like a big a big process of just trying to refine something that was initially shit and then trying to trying to make it good, I guess. Um, in the studio, we don't use uh, <laughs> that that um, plugin. We I can't remember what the engineer Tom used, but. Um, some combination of like a vintage Ampeg head and I think like a Marshall 800 or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, sounds massive. So yeah, I kind of let him have free reign over the distortion and he's just sort of made it made it sound really, really big. He did a really good job with it. It's beautiful. Yeah, he's, he's a really talented dude. What are some of the other uh, instruments? Like I, I hear a lot of like sort of vintage uh, like synth organ stuff that's that's sprinkled throughout this is there any any specifics that went into the sound of this album uh so i i had a bit of a quarter life crisis with collecting synthesizers 
and <laughs> I <laughs> bought. <laughs> I, I saved up um, a lot of money from gigs, and I bought a profit, a Dave Smith profit. Um, so the the rev the uh, well, I mean at the time it was new. I don't think it's that new anymore. But I got the rev to sixteen voice, and I got a synthesizer called the Dominion One by a German company called MFB. I got a Dreadbox Erebus, which is from a company called Dreadbox in Greece, and I got an Arturia Microbrute. And basically, I just got to this album and recording the stems because like, I recorded all the keyboard parts just from my bedroom. Um, so I just kind of got to it and was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna use everything. I'm just gonna sprinkle this album with like as many synth parts as I could, um, and that all of those are on there. Um, but like the main like meat and potatoes of the synth part is the is the profit. Awesome! I love that you just like sp sprinkled everything in there. You're like, I have this equipment, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add it all, and it works. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it got to a point where like kind of, um, I mean, you, pro you probably know. I mean, like uh, when you when you write a project, it's never finished. Like even when you release it, it's never finished. There's always shit to add, like always. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like, I recorded the keyboard stems um, and then sat on them for about four months and then just kept adding to it. And it was just kind of like, oh, this would be good here. This would be good here, blah, blah, blah. And just kind of like started piecing it together like that. And I just kind of like just sat on it for a time, just not even pretending like it was done, but just like kind of just, just to see what would come into my head. And yeah, just, just kind of let loose on it really. Of that, I've, I've personally used that technique with like a painting, and then by the end, I regret not stopping. But for you, I mean, it really worked well, so you have a knack for that. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I suppose it, it works it works with all art as well. Like, I, I mean, like I, I know some writers uh, that are the same as well. They'll like constantly go back to like short stories or like novellas that they've written and just like change little bits or like they think of little bits of dialogue to add in them it there so yeah i think it's the same across the board isn't it um yeah you you know you can't really stop your brain from being active about this stuff it just kind of comes to you yeah i call it the too much gene i like that yeah it, it probably comes back to that just sitting on it for a while like ha coming back with a fresh per perspective because if you work on something for long enough then you're you like I guess are kind of desensitized to it after a while and you're like does this sound good or doesn't it and it, it's nice to sit on that for a while and go explore other things and then come back yeah definitely and also all of these ideas always come at really inconvenient times as well like i'd be <laughs> i don't know i'd be watching like some show on, I think at the time I was watching like Bojack Horseman and like I'd be watching Bojack Horseman obviously oh, like binging show. be like binging that oh it's so good it's yeah but like I'd be binge watching that show until like 1.30 in the morning or something like that um, hey freelancer um, and then like <laughs> I'd be getting my head down at like one and like 1.48 I would be like oh fuck that would be really good there wouldn't it and then I'd have to get up and Yes. But it, it's just oh really, it's really annoying. Yeah. But yeah, it's just how the brain works, I guess, isn't it? But... Chelsea has heard that from me on numerous occasions. Like 2 a.m. in the morning, I get up and have an idea for a composition and just write a whole song right there and have no sleep the next day. And <laughs> You just got to do it. When inspiration yeah. strikes, 
Yeah, definitely. It's kind of how you get on college brain too. Like when you have like assignments and stuff that you like stay up late and and just work through the night on them and then (laughs) just have those ideas and you have to get up and yeah. Yeah, and you just kind of like to the idea, you just kind of like, where the fuck were you at like seven in seven in the evening (laughs) when I was like, you know, not doing anything or like not sleepy? Or where were you, like, in the afternoon? Like, but no, no, just decides to come yeah. up at silly or hours. Or even worse, work. where was this idea when I was actually sat down trying to write this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or that that would be a, the most convenient time, wouldn't it, actually? Yes. It sure would, but, you know, <laughs> inspiration is a devil. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It really is. I can't remember where... I heard it, but there, there was one piece of advice that uh, um, I read somewhere where it, it's like, if you have a good idea and it's and you're like already in bed, just like leave it. And if it still sticks with you in the morning, then it's probably a good idea and not like absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, a similar piece of advice I was heard from like uh, was from the writer Kurt Vonnegut and uh, I think he told someone like who asked him what it what it means to be a writer. I I think he uh, it was a, no it was a school kid. Um, it was a school kid wrote to Kurt Vonnegut asking what it meant to be a writer, and Kurt Vonnegut wrote a response and said, "I'm going to paraphrase it horribly here, but he said something along the lines of like r- every day write something down and then tear it up and throw it away because to be a writer is to get used to losing ideas." Ain't that the truth? Yeah, I thought that was incredibly <laughs> profound. Um, and I mean, you know, you would expect nothing less from, you know, one of the greatest writers of all time. But yeah, um, but yeah, I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to circle back to our talk about not doing gigs during the pandemic, but it looks like, you know, we have a vaccine and things might be over soon, knock on wood. Yeah, um, for sure. Are you planning on touring this album at all? Yeah, so we've got we've got a few gigs booked in over in the UK. Um, it's been a little bit difficult um, because uh, not only am I rusty on the booking front, um, but I think venues have been absolutely rammed. Um, mm. So it's been very hard to get your foot in the door. But we've got a few shows this year. Um, we're going to be announcing the up. I mean we've we've like kind of like done the whole like Facebook adding the events to our page thing and all that kind of stuff so um, they're all there to see um, but we're gonna yeah I've got a, I've got a poster ready to shoot out with all the with all the shows on but I mean yeah it's I think with regards to touring um, we're gonna probably wait until next year to like plan a big one um, I would like to tour it um, I would like to, I mean, not even just tour the album, just tour, you know, just our music generally, because we've got a bunch of um, new material in the pipeline as well. So, um, yeah, soon, basically, just as soon as we can. Awesome. If you want to get us over to Canada as well, we'd love to. Oh, just yeah. Please. <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh Kind of along those same lines. So uh, you said that you have a bunch of new material in the works. So are there any future plans for releases at this point? I will have to wait. And are see. you working up to that? We'll just have to wait and see. I think. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, suspense. Well, Keep an eye I out. guess. Keep an eye out. I guess follow you guys on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, I guess that's a question before I let you out of here. Where can people find you? Uh, so you can find us on uh, facebook.com forward slash Voronoi the band. Uh, and on Instagram, we are just with with Voronoi. Um, so if you type in, I mean, I think it's the same handle. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure it's the same handle on Instagram. Um, you can toss yeah. the links in the description too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, at Instagram, the uh, at Voronoi the band. Uh, yeah. So just Insta and Facebook. Uh, we're also on Bandcamp as well, actually. Um, for those mm. that are yes. interested in that as well, and on Spotify. Um, yeah, just via the same handle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're very well spoken, and it's been an absolute thank pleasure. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, no, you guys are very well spoken as well. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, yeah, once again, yeah, it's it's great to be on here, and um, yeah, glad you're glad you're stoked about the album as we are. We would like to thank you so much for listening to this edition of Spotlight. If you enjoyed the episode or learned something new, please subscribe. If you'd like to hear more interviews and get more prog rock content, you can become a special Prognotes patron at patreon.com prognotes. Also, come join our Discord community, a chat room for all prog rock fans and fans of the show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. All of these links are in this episode's description. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. Destin and Drew will be back with another episode on the 15th, See you on Discord. Thanks.